Good morning, Warehouse Church. Week number two in our new building. It's Labor Day weekend, and you're saying, where's Pastor Ed? Uh, Kim and I are away this weekend at a family wedding up in New England. Our nephew, Cody Milas, is getting married, and it's just a great, great story. And uh, I'll tell you more about it when we get back next week. But I am very excited to tell you about my sermon series that we're starting next week called Taking It to the Streets. Now, there's some ways that you can participate and help me with that. And what I'm gonna ask you to do is two different things. Number one, if you have a, a story about how somebody invited you to church or was instrumental in you becoming a follower of Jesus, I want you to take a video on your phone and I want you to send it to our church phone number. It's right here on the screen. It's our church, tech, it's our church cell phone number. And you take a video, send your video to that, and we're gonna use as many as we can and uh, to be a part of to be a part of my messages starting next week, do that for me this week. I'll remind you every week. I'm hoping we get about 25 or 30 great stories about how somebody invited you or was instrumental in you becoming a believer, a follower of Christ. And then the second thing we're going to give you the opportunity to do is, we want you to um, go on our church Facebook this week, and there's going to be an invite. It's going to pop up on the screen right now, and we want you to copy that so that you can use it and, and, and save it and send it out on your uh, Facebook. You could send it out through text messages. All you gotta do is save it and send it and, and you'll get as many people as that you're connected to on your Facebook, social media outlets. Uh, the instructions will be on there too, but this is the invite. It's great, it's called Taking It to the Streets. So excited, we're gonna be talking about how to live out Acts chapter one. Uh, in our lives and be aggressive in inviting people to church so that they too can experience the unbelievable privilege it is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So we're going to ask you to do that. Invite all your friends. Let's pack this place out next week. We expanded our area for our children because we had such a great turnout last week. And I'm praying that throughout this series, taking it to the streets, that all of us will actively invite people to come to church every single week and we will pack this place out and just see God do some great things. We do have some invites left over. Please use them. Use our social media. Use your social media with the invite. Save it. Send it. Copy it. Make sure everybody gets a copy of it. Invite all your friends to be part of our series next week called Taking It to the Streets. And now, I am so honored to invite to the stage our student pastor, and he does so many other things, but student pastor is a specialty. Pastor Gary Jones has done so, so great for us this month. He's gonna be speaking for us again today to finish up our series called Summer Shorts. So church, do something for me this morning. Make him feel very welcome on three. Let's all clap and welcome to the stage. One, two, three. Pastor Gary, come on up, Gary. Oh, I'm excited just to see Pastor Ed so excited. Is anybody else excited in here for what God's doing in your life? Once again, make a little bit more noise. I like the raise the roof sign right there. We are in our second, this is our second week in our new home. Uh, this is your first time joining us. We just moved in this building last week. And we are so excited because God is doing something amazing uh, in Warehouse Church. And I'm going to ask for a big amen from any pregnant women in the room, or, or maybe you've had children before, but here's the truth this morning. The process of development isn't easy. Can I get an amen? 
like my wife right now is pregnant and in the process of development is not very easy. Uh, and, and I'll learn about that and I'll hear about that and I can't do anything about that necessarily. But what's happening in our church, like this developing process, like moving to our new home, taking it to the streets, what God's doing personally in our lives, it's not always an easy process. And if you're new to the faith or if you're a young person this morning, we just want to encourage y'all, and, and uh, I would love to hear people in our church that are seasoned believers have conversations with students that just help them understand, hey, you know, faith isn't always easy. Like, it's all about Jesus, and this church right here, Warehouse Church, it only exists because of Jesus Christ. And if it wasn't for him, there wouldn't be anything here. There wouldn't be any of us. And, and today, you may have come here because you're hungry to hear from God. You may have come here because uh, somebody invited you. Maybe you're just checking it out. Uh, you may have come here because you're a committed uh, believer and you're a committed volunteer, a committed member of Warehouse Church. But whatever you came here for today, um, there's a truth about the Christian life that it's just not easy. So because it's not easy, I want you to tell someone next to you, I'm so glad you're here. Now, now, cho- now do your second choice. Give your second choice a shout out. All right, and, and, and here's the thing about the Christian life. I'm, I'm so glad all of y'all are here. We're so glad to meet together here, and we need each other. Like, we live life together this morning. And, and in this uh, walk, because it's not easy, it's like playing a video game. Shout, shout out to my homies over here. Raise your hand if you love some video games. Raise your hand. Some of these guys love them so much they don't have this arm strength left to raise their hands. They've been playing them since I brought them here at 730 this morning. But uh, video games, like when you get to the end of a level, What happens? You have to face the boss. And what happens when you face the boss? Like, I personally played video games as a kid sometimes and, like, get legitimately scared of the boss. Like, you have a little anxiety inside. And and that's the same thing in our Christian life. Like, when you level up, when you go from being a uh, just a visitor at church to a member, when you go from not knowing Jesus to becoming a devoted follower of Jesus Christ, you level up. And it's a process of development. It's not easy. It's scary. Uh, and, and, and here's another thing. Some people won't applaud your decision. Like my man was raising the roof earlier when I said, who's excited about what God's doing in your life? Somebody accepted Christ, got baptized, and, and followed last week in his life. It's awesome. But not everybody's going to applaud your decision. And so this morning, um, I just want to invite you to God's word. And we're going to talk about this thing of doubt, like this thing in the Christian life of doubt. And, and when we talk about this thing of doubt, remember, This morning, God doesn't need you, you need God. And because you need God, there's a way towards him, and it's Jesus. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And and this morning, when we look at this uh, passage about doubt, when we look at this passage about struggle and development and growth, um, we can look at it, we have to understand one thing. We have to understand who Jesus really is. See, I got these, uh, raise your hand once again if you go to West Junior High. Come on, guys, you got to do it for me. West Junior High. Woo, we love West Junior High. Richardson West Junior High. Um, The church does a ministry there called Boys Club. Um, We're actually part of an after-school program, and we go and spend time mentoring the boys and and, um, hanging out with them. But when I go to the the school, when I go to Richardson West, here's what happens. It never fails. When I open the front door and walk through the steps— and I'm in the hallway, someone will shout, Jesus is here. I'm like, I'm like, oh, Lord, again, every time it happens. And, and I, I feel like there's, a, uh, there's kind of a formula. It takes about four months to learn my actual name at Richardson West Junior High. 
Um, I'll have kids come up to me, and they're like, yo, man, you got some snacks today? And I'm like, what's my name? And, the, and they go, Jesus? I'm like, you get no snacks. And they're, they're like, but Jesus? And, and it's funny because, you know, it's just a funny thing, and I, I sometimes joke with them. I'm like, hey, you better call me Mr. Jesus. Put some respect on that. Like, I, don't, I really do try to get them to say my name, and they finally do. These guys on the front row, I think they know it. But, um, but we, we have to make sure this morning we know who the real Jesus is. And so we need to line up who we think Jesus is with who he actually is. And this, this end of this series, short stories big as life. This morning, the short story is about John the Baptist. And it's about his big issue, which is doubt. Like he, he ends up in this place in his life where he has huge amount of doubt. And we can ask this question in life like, man, who, who's being blessed today? And, and so many people say yes. And then you can ask about doubt. Doubt is all around as well. Like no matter where you go, there's doubt there. Even uh, if you just think about the phrase, like, I doubt it. I, w- I was uh, writing up this message, and I was thinking about uh, I doubt it phrases. Like, how many times in your life have you said, I'm going to do this, and someone said, I doubt it. And, and I, had to, I had to be a little humbled and think about even in my own marriage. Um, if, it, you know, I'll, I'll say a thing for me. It's like, I'm going to wake up this morning without, um, without turning my alarm on snooze. Like, I'm just going to wake up and get up. And my wife's like, I doubt it. Like, <laughs> But I said it to her, too, and we say we have this thing. We have doubts in our life. And so the passage this morning that I want to invite your attention to is Matthew chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. And God's word says this. When Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now, when John, this is John the Baptist, heard in prison about the deeds of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up. And the poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. And so this morning, if you're in a reflective moment, I want you to just pray and ask God, God, help us lay down who we think Jesus is and pick up who he really is. And this story, this guy, John the Baptist, the moment that he was in, he was in prison. He had, he had done something uh, to offend, and he awaits a death sentence. He had done something to offend a ruler, usually not a good thing to do, and he awaits a death sentence. And here he is in prison, and he's, he's troubled by his own thoughts. And, and he's a guy that wasn't always in prison. Like, you ever know somebody that you look at him and you're like, how did they get there? Because you know what they were before. Well, that's John in this story. John was the man. Like when people saw John, they would ask him, are you the Messiah? They would ask him if he was the one to come. And he would say, no, I just prepare the way. It's kind of like uh, another story from Richardson West. I was playing soccer. And uh, these kids, as I'm uh, playing the goalie, I uh, knocked the ball out of the way and saved it from being a goal, you know. And some kid across the room yells, Jesus saves. I'm like, are you serious? This is... This is out of hand. It's ridiculous. No one really thought I was Jesus in that story, but John the Baptist, people really thought that he was the Messiah, that he was the one to come. And he said, no, I just go before. But John, he lived his life in a way. He got so excited when he saw Jesus walking towards him. He said, look, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And when he baptizes Jesus, he saw the Spirit of God like a dove descend on Jesus, and he heard the voice of God say, this is my Son with whom 
I'm well pleased. John knew Jesus. Like John really knew the real Jesus. And even, even John, as a, as a person who knew Jesus, struggled with doubt. Have you ever had a tough circumstance make you question Jesus? So this is John. He's in prison. He expected one trial. Like he did something to offend. He, he was living his life as John did. He was being his own guy. He wore a camel skin coat. He ate locusts and honey. He was a crazy dude, and he was living his life, and he expected to end up in prison, but he might not have expected the trial number two, which is the trial of doubt. And so he's stuck alone, and he's assaulted by his thoughts, and John the Baptist, while he's in prison, the enemy plants seeds of doubt, doubt to break his faith. And so he asked Jesus this question, are you the one or should I wait for somebody else? Like, should I look to somebody else? Because I'm living my life for you. I prepared the way for you, and here I am in prison. And I just, I just don't know anymore. And he struggles with doubt. And Jesus answers, he says, tell John, tells his messengers, the disciples, he says, tell John what you see and what you hear. And, he's, and he talks about these miracles. The, the blind are having sight. The deaf are hearing. The lame are walking. He says, tell John about these miracles. And then he says this. Blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Now check this out. Who would be offended by these miracles? Like who would be offended by the miracles that Jesus was performing? Maybe somebody that wasn't receiving them. Like John, John may have been in prison and he was looking for a miracle. Hey, Jesus, you know, I've been in here a couple days, a couple weeks, a couple months. Like it's about time. Like it's time to break the homie out. And it, it's easy to be excited when God's blessing your life. But if you ever think about this, man, Maybe we're offended about miracles that Jesus is doing. We don't want to be offended about miracles, but we're offended because he's doing them for someone else. And we get in this struggle, this problem of comparison. And Jesus here, when he says this, when he says, blessed is the one who is not offended by me, it's a little gentle rebuke. He's saying, hey, John, you'll be blessed if you're not offended by me. He's he's praying, maybe, maybe in your life, maybe you're praying, maybe you're faithful in your marriage, maybe you're raising your kids right. Maybe you're going to church. Maybe you're giving. Maybe you're doing all these things. And you look and say, man, God, you're just not answering this prayer. And it says if Jesus is saying to John the Baptist, in the midst of these moments, in the midst of the moment of your doubt, Jesus is saying, don't be offended by my process in your life. Like my process in your life is for you to be in this place. Don't be offended by that. And what's tough is because we only see Jesus sometimes by what we can get. Is anybody else in the room like that? Like you realize after weeks and months, you're like, man, I've just been praying all these prayers to just ask God to give me, give me, give me, and then I'm forgetting of all the things that he's already given me. And that's the way that we see Jesus. And something, (laughs) this is in my my wife and I's life, something awesome happened, and I don't want you to be confused. I really do think this is awesome. Uh, We bought a house. That is super awesome. But what's what's hilarious is when we uh, made an offer on the house, um, right next to it, there was a lot. We have a beautiful lot, too. It's like a third of an acre. But right next to it, there was just a, uh, it was just a flat lot with a foundation. Does anybody else know? You can't really, I can't tell how big a house is by just the foundation until the walls go up. And then you're like, okay, well, we bought this house. It's like a 1,100-square-foot uh, house. Super, super cute. We both love it. And God's just blessed us with it. And right next to us, our neighbor built like a 2,500-square-foot house. And if you add their garage, it's probably like four times as big as our house. And I honestly do think it's awesome. Like, it's hilarious. And and I was taking one of the students over to the house. I think they were helping me move a couch in or something. And I was driving, and they're like, oh, that one to the big one. I'm like, no, that one. (laughs) 
Am I right? But honestly, I think it is awesome. Uh, but other areas in my life, like there are times where I really do struggle to trust the process. Like two weeks ago, I struggled. I was struggling to trust, trust the process. And I wound up at a restaurant, and I was there by myself. And uh, I opened my journal, and I just started writing. And I filled up a whole page. And like at the beginning, it was like the woe is me, like life is tough. And, and it was all these, it was like faith things and prayers that I'm praying that I'm not seeing maybe God answer in the time schedule that I want him to. And I'm writing all these things down. And I promise you, I get to the very end of the page and my words are just like writing this, Gary, you just need to talk to God more. Like God spoke to me in this moment as I was writing all these things down, like my anxiety and my stress and everything went down and down and down. And I realized all I needed to do was talk to God more. Like, he's just wanting me to communicate with him more. And so I'm with you. If you, if you ever struggle um, and have bad days, let me hear a good hearty amen. And God's just saying he, he needs you to talk to him more. And so John, in this passage, John reaches out to Jesus. And Jesus, check this out, John prepared the way for the Lord. Like, he spent his whole life, his whole purpose and mission was to prepare the way for Jesus, to set the stage. And John does this. John the Baptist does this. And Jesus now is on the scene, and John's in the clink. John's in prison. John's going through it. And so John reaches out to Jesus. And here's the deal this morning. When we talk to Jesus, man, he doesn't always answer the way that we want him to. Conversation doesn't always go as planned. Like when you talk to Jesus, and you're like, hey, uh, Jesus, got this thing, and I, I need you to take care of it. And, and you reach out to Jesus, and then his answer isn't exactly what you were looking for. Have you ever been in a moment where you were praying, mm, it's tough, and there was just no answer? Maybe for a long time. Maybe for a long time you were fasting. And I've been, I've been in this season before. I, I was asking for something for weeks, and weeks turned into months, and months turned into years. And I just didn't get the answer. Maybe, you, maybe you're in a moment, or you're in a season, or you're you're going through something in your faith where you never get the answer. Like maybe you've never got it. You've asked God and asked God. And maybe Jesus didn't even give you a reason. And you're asking yourself, why did I go through that? I don't know if that's you this morning, but I've been through times where I'm just like looking back at the past like, this makes sense and I get this and I see what God did here, but this, why this? Like I don't understand it. And maybe you never will. And, and this morning, just the truth that that comes through in this passage, the truth that comes through when we go through a struggle through a test, the best teachers don't always talk during the testing moment. Like it, it, it's a, a football illustration that I like is uh, when, when you're a quarterback. I was the backup quarterback in high school, and uh, we were one and eight. So, I mean, pretty impressive. But I was the backup quarterback, and uh, when you're doing a pitch, so it's, it's an option. It means you're the quarterback, you're running, and then you get over here, and then right before they hit you, you pitch the ball. Can you imagine, like, being, being the uh, person that does that if the coach just was on the sidelines always saying, do it now, do it now. Like, you can't, that can't work like that as the quarterback. You can't just hear their voice and do it. The coach doesn't always talk during the testing moment. The teacher doesn't always talk during the testing moment. And so what happens is you have to run over here, and at the last moment before they hit you, you have to pitch it. So then the running back can catch it and run with it. And if you pitch it too soon, they'll just read it and they'll tackle him. And if you pitch it too late, well, then you get smashed, which was pretty much my high school football career. But, but the, the, the truth is the coach doesn't talk during the testing moment. You have to learn on your own. 
And if we remember this this morning, if God is quiet, you don't have to be. It's gonna take care of a lot of your problems. When God is quiet, you don't have to be. And there's two ways for that. Number one is talking to him. Just because he's quiet doesn't mean you stop communicating. And the second thing is this. We're, we're here together. We're here as a church. We're here for each other. And there's people on your row that you can talk to. There's people in your life group. We got Wednesdays. We got Wednesdays launching this week. There's people that are gonna be there that are gonna be going through the same thing that you're going through. My brother came in town. Uh, this was a couple weeks ago. And it was just for one night. He was in Fort Worth. And I had to I had to go drive and see him, but we were hanging out in the hotel room, and uh, every single thing he was talking about, this is going on at work, this is going on in my marriage, this is going on, this is going on with my kids, everything he was talking about, I kind of, I didn't laugh at him, but I was like, man, you got to get in a community group. Like, everything you're dealing with is things that married people deal with, and when you get around other people that you talk to, and and you realize, oh, I'm not alone, it's going to be a game changer. So, this morning, if God's not speaking to you, you don't have to be quiet. And the church isn't a place to hide. This is especially for warehouse churches. It's just an amazing group of people that, that don't do this. But church, if you're new, it's, if, it's, if it's your first time, if you just joined, church isn't a place to hide, but it's a place to heal. And if you come here with your, your stuff, you're just like the rest of us. If you come here with problems, you're just like all of the other people in this room. And And when God doesn't speak to you, sometimes it gets hard because you might have drama that's in your home. You might have tension at work. You might have financial responsibilities that are just weighing you down. For me, I had a, I had a crazy struggle, and this is, this is so silly, it's embarrassing to tell you guys. I had a crazy struggle this week, um, and it was, it was based solely over this object right here. It was, it was based over this battery charger and this, uh, this battery. I could not find this battery charger this week, like all week long. I would spend like 15 minutes here looking for it. I would, I'd tear apart the house, the garage. I, I came here at work and was looking for it. I couldn't find this battery charger. And I, I am not lying to you this morning. This right here caused me to doubt my entire existence this week. Like I was, I was talking to God and I was, I was questioning why we even bought this house because I couldn't find my battery charger to hang up the shelves and the curtain rods and the stuff that, that my wife needed me to hang up, and I was here at work, and I was just like, I just can't, I just can't get anything done because I can't find this battery charger. And it truly vexed my spirit this week not finding this. And I, <laughs> Tara can tell you, I, was, I had moments where I was just talking with her. Actually, I wasn't talking with her. She'd ask me a question. I'd say, just don't talk to me right now. And then later I realized when I was driving, I started laughing, and I, and I had to call her, and I said, hey, remember all those times when I was mean, and I'm sorry for it, and I told you don't talk to me? And she's like, yeah. And I go, that was the equivalence of me crying. Like, that counts, all right? Because I don't, I don't cry a lot, n- not nearly as much as she does either, but that counts, okay? That was my moment. And that, that battery charger really messed me up this week. <laughs> but no matter what it is, like, it's, a lot of times it is silly things, in the big picture towards God. It's like, this battery charger, really? That's how, that's how strong your faith is this week. And uh, everyone in here, like the real life that we do go through, we're gonna go through doubting moments. And so John is asking Jesus, he's in a doubting moment. He's saying, are you the one? Like, I just gotta know. I spent my whole life setting up the stage for you, showing, showing everybody he's the Messiah, he's the way, he's gonna be the one that saves us. And now he's in a place in this prison where he's just like, you got to tell me, are you really the one? And John knew Jesus, but he still asked, are you the one? 
And it's like Jesus in his response was saying, I'm the one. And John's like, okay, because I just got to know it. And Jesus says, I am. And Jesus is saying when his response to him, he's saying, you'll be blessed when you trust my process. If you come to me, I can unlock prison doors. For John, it was a prison door of doubt. For you this week, it might be a prison door of, of, of a bad relationship. It might be a prison door of you're just going through depression and anxiety like so many people in this world are. No matter what it is, Jesus is saying, if you come to me, I can unlock prison doors for you. And this new series that Pastor Ed's preached, I'm so excited about it because I love, my heart is just passionate about evangelism. I love sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with people. But this new, this new series that, that Pastor Ed's gonna bring next week is about us having to be the voice to those around us, the voice of Jesus. And if you, if you were asked this morning, if I asked this group right here, if you're a Christian, um, the majority of people would raise their hands. That's just a statistic about the United States of America. We were at the pool last week. Wasn't baptism awesome last week at the pool? It was amazing to see people go public with their faith, like to go all in and say, I'm putting on my jersey. And, and there was uh, teenagers there. They were watching us. There was uh, the lifeguards. They said, we're so excited because we've never seen a baptism or never seen one here at this place. And uh, one of them, I was asking her just, it, it got kind of awkward. I was asking her just about her life, you know, and, and we got into spiritual beliefs. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. But, you know, it was kind of like she just was saying, I'm a Christian. Like, that's just what you do when you live here. And if you, would, if you were asked, are you a Christian, most people would raise their hand. But let me ask you this. Who is the last unsaved person that you offered Christ to? Like, who's the last person that you brought hope to? God has given us so many things. Like, God has given us so much. I was thinking this week as I was, as I was eating a takeout meal in my bed with a DVD player watching a movie, and I was just thinking, like, man, as, as like, rickety as this whole setup is, like, this is a crazy blessing, like, that I can just even go and get food, like, at just a snap of my fingers. Like, I didn't have to prepare it. And there's people all over that don't have that luxury. God has given us so much, but he hasn't given it to us just to hold. He's given it to us to share. And people smile at your workplace, at school. I see this every school I go to. People smile, but you just really don't know what they're going through. Like, you don't know their story. This week, there was a pastor in California that took his own life because he just didn't think he could make it anymore. And it's tragic, but it's a true reality in our life. Like, it doesn't skip pain and hurt and these problems in life, it doesn't skip past anybody. Just because you have a position or because you're on a stage or because you love Jesus, these problems don't pass anybody up. Pain doesn't discriminate. And John asked the question, are you the one? He says, are you the one that's to come or should I wait for another? And this question is, this question, if we just think about like how John is reaching out and asking this. It's a question that all of us have probably struggled with at one time or another. Like, you're asking God, God, why is this happening? And if you're asking God that, don't you think other people in life are saying, maybe not to God, but they're just saying, why is this happening to me? Like people at your workplace are saying, if those people that know Jesus just offered me a chance, I would take it because I've tried everything else. And so this morning, I want you to remember the real Jesus. Not the 10 o'clock when church starts to 11:15 when it ends Jesus, Students, not just the Wednesday Jesus. We don't just need a day Jesus. We need an everyday Jesus. We don't need just a Sunday Jesus. We need an all week long, every day of the year Jesus. And Jesus is everything to God. 
And so the problems in your life, like these problems that we go through, these things, they're not because God is punishing you. Like, raise your hand in here if you go through some problems from time to time. Maybe you just every, you know, four or five weeks, maybe once a year. Carlos got both hands up, my man, being honest. But if you go through problems in life, it's not because God wants to punish you. See, God is putting people in your life. There's people that are connected to your life that need to see that you trust Jesus every day, even when things don't go the way that you planned. Like God is using that in your life. God is using that struggle. God is using whatever you're going through to draw people to him. And sometimes you just need to reach out and to tell them about how God's giving you that hope. Some of the biggest inspiration in my life in the past year and a half, two years has been uh, my wife. My wife lost her brother on January 9th, 2017. And it has been, it has been just the toughest thing to go through together. Uh, where she has just had questions like, God, why, why did you take him so young? Like, why did you take my brother at 26 years old? Why did you take him? Uh, we, we believe he accepted Christ because of some, some statements and things that he said towards the end of his life, but God, why did you take him? And even though she asked that question, just like the John, John's, John the Baptist question, like, all right, Lord, are you really the one? Like, Tara doubted. Tara's had questions. She's gone through it. And at 2 a.m. when she's crying, I can't do anything but just comfort her and say, you know what? I don't know the answers, but God's got this. And she has been the biggest inspiration to my faith because the, the day that it happened, like day one, when she got the news and we came home and, and she was crying and she went and sat outside, her first words were, God is still good. And this morning, why, why is God still good? Because the real Jesus is enough. And when John the Baptist asked, are you the one? He was really showing unshakable truth to Jesus, not because he doubted, but because he asked. He knew Jesus would tell him the truth. He just needed to hear from him one more time. It was like the demon-possessed man in the Bible that had a child, as a, a man with a demon-possessed child, and he was asking Jesus to heal him. And he was saying, your faith can save you, heal him and save him. And, and the guy said in response, I believe, help my unbelief. You can almost feel the love of Jesus towards John the Baptist in this passage because Jesus is familiar with the satanic storms that we go through. Like Jesus knows what you're going through. Jesus knows everything in your life, every struggle, every pain, every heartache, every tough relationship, everything in the past that you're looking at and saying, man, I just don't know what that was about. Jesus knows, and Jesus knows the doubt that we can struggle with. And Jesus knew that John the Baptist, in his response, I love this, would recognize Isaiah's words when he told him about the miracles. He, he would recognize Isaiah's prophecy when he said, the blind are receiving sight, the lame are walking, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are being raised up, the poor are hearing the hope, the good news. And he knew that John would hear that. And, and even though Jesus didn't take away the situation of John's imprisonment, he took away the doubt. John said, John the Baptist said, are you really the one? And Jesus answered with the words of God, showing him, yes, I am the one. He shows him he was the one. So this morning as we close and as a musician comes up to play, I just want you guys to reflect on this. I want you to think about it. In today's world, even the strongest believers experience deep darkness and suffer affliction. Like there's not a single person in this room that can say, 
man, I just walked in here and life is good. Nothing's going wrong. Like, I don't have a worry in the world. If you're honest with yourself, you know that you have worries. You know that you have things. Maybe you have doubts this morning. But in today's world, even the strongest believers experience this, these seasons of abandonment. And church, we can trust this. God hears our pleas. Like when you talk to God, he hears it every time, whether he responds with an answer, whether he responds with a no, with a yes, with a wait for it, with a that's not my plan, I have greater purposes for you. He always hears our pleas. He doesn't always answer in the speed that we ask, nor does he provide deliverance we want, which is so tough. But he always sends the help that is needed. Let's bow together and and go to God in this.